This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to another episode of the Worth Recovery Podcast. I'm Amy. I'm your host here. I'm a sex addict. I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012, and I'm excited to be back with you for another episode. We recently had a holiday here in the United States called Memorial Day. It's the day that we recognize and celebrate the sacrifices that have been made by people serving in the armed forces. Uh, that to protect our freedoms. Um, so anyone that has been serving in the armed forces is the, the Memorial Day is a day that we recognize their sacrifice and their service and those that have particularly those that have passed on or lost their lives in the line of duty. Um, I think that's also been extended. I know in my family that has been extended to just really include anybody that you're memorializing. So anybody that has passed away, Um, And nearly every grave, every cemetery is full of flowers that day and um, American flags are all over the place. And it's really a day of celebration um, and recognizing the sacrifice that has been made for us to enjoy the freedoms that we have here um, in the United States. And it got me really thinking about freedom and what freedom really means to me, what freedom really is, Um, and not just politically, but just really freedom in my own life. Um, And it reminded me of several events and things that I have been working on and and stories and things that have happened. So I'm gonna share kind of a series of stories that happened, experiences that I had, and then where, where I'm at today. So I have really been struggling uh, this year with just like food and my food addiction has been rearing its ugly head and also just health wise, uh, I've been struggling a little bit with that. Um, I have a, I have a, geni- a genetic uh, issue that is amplified by the extra weight that I carry and so that's um, been flaring up and there's just been a lot of things going on with me, for me with food and weight. And I've been wanting to figure out that part of my life and that part of my recovery. I feel like I started that a while ago, kind of before my, before not kind of, before my mom passed, I really started to dig into my food issues and my food addiction and what was going on with that. And I was feeling really good about where I was at and making some progress. And then my mom got sick and my whole life just like, my everything kind of just went by the wayside and I focused on my mom and um, and staying with present with her and going through that death process and then the grief that came after that has just wiped me out too just kicked my butt big time and so here I now am about a year and a half later well it was about a year later I guess with my mom after my mom's death that I really started, okay, I've really got to figure out this food thing again. 
And I've been noticing different things uh, come up around food, ideas and thoughts and and all sorts of things. So a couple weeks ago, well, this was longer than that, probably like six or eight weeks ago, I was contemplating like some type of medical help um, in losing some weight. And, but I was very resistant to it. I'm very internally resistant to it. I wasn't sure what to do. And um, I, so I called one of my good friends uh, in recovery and I just had a conversation with her about it. And she told me of an experience. This, this woman is divorced now um, and, and is living on her own. But she told me about an experience when she was thinking about divorce. And she was really um, upset, I guess, or disturbed by the idea that if she was to divorce at that point in time, her husband would get half of the equity in their home. And she didn't feel that that was fair necessarily and didn't want to give up that money because there's quite a bit of equity in their home. And she told me that her therapist just kind of looked her straight in the eye and said, well, it sounds like that might be the price of your freedom. And she told me about how that affected her, this idea of the price of her freedom, that there was a price to be free, that there was a price that had to be paid to be free. And she told me about the effects that that had on her and the, and how she had to get comfortable with that idea that there were going to be sacrifices and there were going to be tolls and there were going to be things that had to be paid, a price that had to be paid in order to be free. And now, of course, looking back on that, that was, it was worth that price. It was worth that price for her. And so she kind of stopped for a minute and then said to me, it sounds like this might be the price of, of your freedom. There might be some sacrifices that have to be made. And in the moment, I kind of was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's got to be some sacrifices to be made. And because I just didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to think about what was the price of my freedom from food? What was the price of my freedom from being overweight? What was the price? What is the price? Not was. What is the price of my freedom from the extra weight that I carry? And that thought was just, I was really resistant to that thought in the moment. But that thought persisted. And over the last several weeks, I've really been thinking about what is the price of freedom? What is the price of my personal freedom? Now, with Memorial Day happening, that was even amplified because we celebrated as a country, we celebrated the price of freedom and the people that lost their lives um, for that. Memorial Day in my mom's side of the family has always been a big holiday. We always do the, we call it the grave tour and we go to all the graves um, of the people that have passed away and we put flowers there. Some of them were soldiers, some of them were not, but we would put flowers there and we would just sit there for a second and just kind of recognize these people that we've lost. And I did that this last Memorial Day. I went to um, here where I live. I have access to the graves of my great-grandparents um, on my mom's side, both sets of great-grandparents. Um, and I have access to, of course, to my parents' graves. Um, and I have access to my one of my grandmother's graves. And because they're close, access meaning they're close to me. So I did the grave tour and it was a lot of driving. <laughs> um, and as I went around and spent some time and saw all these people there and all these 
flags and all these soldiers and all of these people that have passed on, I've really started thinking about the price of freedom. What is the price of freedom? So I started to think, first of all, of my addiction and the price that I paid for freedom from my addiction. And while, again, looking back on it, I, I, I would gladly pay that price again. But in the moment, that price seemed many times too much. Um, I think about how the relationship with my family changed how the relationship, particularly with my mother, changed. Um, also, my dad, though, the relationship with my dad. As I came into recovery, the price that I paid in that relationship was uh, disapproval, um, was ostr ostracization, right? Um, being kind of ostracized from part of my family for a while. Just for a while. Uh, the, definitely the price I paid with some friendships. I had to completely let go of some friendships that I had and and just let, let that go. Uh, different relationships uh, had to change. A lot of relationships had to change. Uh, I had to give up certain uh, media for a while. Uh, there were some shows that I just loved to watch that when I got into recovery, I found super triggering. Not necessarily because of the sexual content, but a lot of times because of the violence or because of the relational content, whatever it was was going on was super triggering for me and would activate some of that trauma for me and I would want to act out. And so there was a lot of things I had to give up and sacrifice as part of the price of my freedom from addiction. Uh, one of those things, you know, early on was like not even necessarily addiction related, um, but I had to sacrifice my teaching career, not because it was triggering, but because I didn't manage it well. I didn't have the emotional boundaries to be able to manage that number of high school students and all of their trauma and all of their issues and keep myself safe and stay sober. And so I had to consciously take a move away from that career path because at that time I didn't have the boundaries um, to be able to do that. Now, I have since been able to re, uh, enter back into that profession without that problem. However, in the moment, I had to make a massive sacrifice and change career paths so that I could allow myself the space to be able to heal and learn and create the boundaries that I needed so that I could have the freedom that I wanted from, from my addictive behaviors. There were so many, I mean, those are just a few. I, I could definitely keep going, but there were so many things that I sacrificed, prices that I paid in order to have recovery, in order to have freedom from my addictive and compulsive behaviors in, that, in the sex area, right? In my intimacy disorder and my sex addiction. As I reflect back on those now, some of those prices I paid, I gladly paid. I was willing, definitely willing and wanting to give up certain things in order to be um, sober, in order to live a different life, in order to change the trajectory of my entire life. However, some of those things I still am very sad about <laughs> and still grieve and am still sad and are still disturbed by some of the things that 
were required of me in order to get sober. Yet, it was a price that I knew I needed to pay. I didn't pay it all at once. I paid it gradually. As I got further and deeper into recovery, um, I paid the prices as they came up, right? Um, I didn't know going into recovery that I was going to have to pay some of those prices or that the cost. I didn't know that. I just knew that my life had to be different. And I was willing, right, in recovery we call it, I was willing to go to any lengths to get there, right? And that meant I had to pay those prices. And I'm grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for the people that helped me see the cost-benefit analysis of that, right? That if I paid that price now, the benefit would be greater um, in the long run. And it has been. It definitely, definitely has been. So as I was driving around, I was thinking about all of those different prices that I paid in order to have the recovery that I do from my sex addiction. And like I said, I'm grateful for that. I'm very grateful for that and for where that has put me in my life. I spent the good part of the morning thinking about that. And then in the afternoon, I started thinking about, okay, what are the prices that have to be paid now? To get to the next level of recovery that I want, that includes my food addiction, really bringing that um back, reining that in (laughs) and figuring that out and spending time digging into that. Um, Particularly, what is it, what's the price that has to be paid for me to do that? And I realized that those prices and costs are different. Um, And some of them, as they came up for me, I would write them down. And some of them I do not like at all. Some of them I don't want to pay. Um, some of them came up and I was like, hell no, I'm not, I'm not giving that up. And yet the more that I sat with it, the more that I realized I am willing to go to any lengths to find the full recovery that I want to live the life that I want to be living. I'm willing to go to any lengths to do that. And that means that I have to give up some certain, certain things. Um, One of those things is I have to give up the right to eat whatever I want whenever I want, right? (laughs) I mean, that seems ridiculous a little bit when I say it out loud for you to listen to. (laughs) I mean, I've said it out loud to myself a lot in the last few weeks that I give up the right to eat whenever I want, whatever I want, whenever I want. But that is something, that is a coping mechanism that um, I've had since I was very, very little. Um... It's, they say a lot of times we develop addictions based on what's available to us. What is available to us? When we're really little, young, really young, the things available to us are food and our bodies. We don't necessarily have access to drugs or to alcohol. Um, and so those don't become addictions or not addictions, but coping mechanisms really young, right? We have what's available to us. We can eat. We can um, have, we have access to our bodies so we can touch ourselves. We can masturbate um, to find release or escape. Uh, We can also read. Um, I know kids who just like read 10 hours a day who get caught reading in school, right? Like we have access to certain things. 
but we don't always have access to drugs, alcohol, shopping, things like that. Oh, we can throw temper tantrums, right? Kids, when they're young, can throw tantrums. Again, that's access to their body, access to their emotions. And so we use those things to control and regulate ourselves. Um, whether that's food, whether that's masturbation and sex and touching, whether that's throwing tantrums, right? A tantrum is a way to regulate yourself. I mean, it just gets all your emotion out um, and it is good at controlling other people. And if those coping mechanisms aren't dealt with when we're young and we're not taught healthy ways to cope instead of escaping into those things, then as we get older, those ingrained coping mechanisms can be can become addictive behaviors for me food was definitely one of those things and and so giving up the right to eat whatever I want whatever I want makes me feel really young makes me feel like really childish when I say that but that's because I developed that mechan that coping mechanism when I was chat when I was a child it was one of the things I had access to. I had access to food. So that's one of the things I have to sacrifice. That's part of the price of my freedom, right? Is that I give up that right. If I want freedom from these things, there are prices that have to be paid. And that's that's one of them. There's lots of others. There's several others uh, that I've been listing out and working through and working on and talking about and putting out there. But there is a price that has to be paid for freedom. One of the things when I was working early on, on my food addiction, um, before my mom passed, uh, the woman that I was working with, the sponsor that I was working with, one of the questions she used to ask me all of the time was how, how free do you want to be? I had forgotten that until recently when I was reading in an old journal, but how free do you want to be? She would ask me. And we were talking, I remember one time we were having a conversation about giving up diet soda, right? And she's like, you don't have to give up diet soda. Like if that's, you know, if you can, if you can, if you can drink diet soda, I was going to say participate in, if you can drink diet soda and it doesn't become compulsive and it's not something that you have to have every day. Um, but it's something that, you know, can come and go in, in and out of your um, diet or your, you know, eating plan and not cause a problem, then you don't have to give that up. But I couldn't. I knew I couldn't. I knew I couldn't. She told me that she had tried that, but she couldn't either. And she had fought it for years, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, she just decided one day, I'm done. I, I want to be free. Like, I'm willing to pay the price of Diet Coke in order to be free from this in you know this battle right and I have been thinking for a long time there are several things in my life that I want to be free from and in order to do that right I have to pay that price of freedom I have to pay that price I have to be willing to pay that price and even if I'm not willing I can still pay it and not be willing <laughs> um, if but I still have, can force myself to kind of pay that price but how free do you want to be in your life? How free do you want to be? I want to be, I want to be, I want to be as free as possible. I want to be as free as possible. Meaning I want the financial resources that I need in order to be free, free from debt, right? I want to be 
um, free to to do the things that I that I want to do within reason, right? I want to be free from the battle with food. And so there are prices I have to pay in order to be free from that battle. I want to be free from my sex addiction, which I feel very free from my sex addiction in this point in my life and the work that I've done in recovery. There are times when it creeps back in. There are times when certain behaviors creep back in that I know can lead me down that path again if I'm not careful. But I know what those behaviors are. I'm very clear about that. I know that price. I know what price has to be paid to stay free from sex addiction. And I willingly pay that price. Willingly. There are other things in my life, you know, that I want to be free from. Toxic relationships, codependency, other things that I, you know, that are coming more to the surface uh, now that my addictive behavior has been peeled back, right? My mass, my big addictive behavior. The next big addictive behavior that I'm working on right now is that food addiction part. And I am starting to, over the last, I would say, two weeks, maybe three weeks, I'm starting to feel more and more freedom from food addiction and understanding more for myself and my body how food works. And that's amazing. It's, it reminds me of those first few weeks in recovery, you know, from sex addiction. And as I get more and more sober from food, then I feel more and more um, freedom. And I'm grateful for that. I wanted to share that story and those experiences with you because I think a lot of times when we come into recovery, we don't, we're not fully aware of the price that has to be paid in order to change and in order to live the life that we want to live. We might have an inkling of it. We might have a little bit of an idea. Um, we, we know right off the bat there are some things we just can't do anymore. But until we dig deep and we really see those pathways that lead us down to those addictive behaviors and the prices that have to be paid to kind of put that dam in that pathway and say, no more am I going to go down that pathway, we don't always see that at the beginning. And those costs can feel incredibly um, overwhelming and vulnerable. Um, our inner child our, can come up and say like, hell no, this has been my coping mechanism for, you know, how long, right? And you're just going to say, I can't do that anymore. And you have to be very kind to yourself and very gentle to yourself and say, yeah, we're not... We're not going to do that anymore. We don't need that coping mechanism anymore. We can do these other things. We can find other ways to get the help that we need. But we don't have to go down that pathway anymore. And when we come into recovery, we don't always know what those prices are. And sometimes we hit those blocks as we go along. And we see that price and we're like, I'm not willing to pay that price. I'm not, I'm not willing to stop that. I'm not willing to give that up, right? I'm not willing to do this or I'm not willing to control this. I'm not willing to, you know, change that behavior. I'm not willing to sacrifice, you know, some time so that I can be healthy. I'm not willing to put boundaries in place. I'm not willing to say no to this relationship. And every time we hit one of those barriers, there's a price, there's a toll that has to be paid to go down that path, to get to that next level of recovery. 
Every time we want to level up our recovery, there's a price that has to be paid. So I challenge you today to really think about what are the prices that need to be paid in your life to get to that next level of recovery that you are seeking. Because we're all seeking the next level of recovery. Whether you quite know that or not, that's what you're seeking. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you weren't seeking the next level of recovery. In order to get there, there's a price that has to be paid. And I know I've talked about this before, but I just want to remind you because we all need reminders. And I needed that reminder a few weeks ago from my friend that there is a price to be paid for freedom. Whatever freedom I'm searching for, whatever it is I'm trying to be free from, there's a price that has to be paid, a cost that has to be paid for that freedom. And I'm grateful today for all those that have paid that price for freedom before me, not only politically within my country that I can live and operate the way that I do, but also in, rec- in the recovery field and the recovery circles and in the therapeutic circles, right? There are prices and costs that get paid by those that went before us to write things down, to research to help to be called like crazy I mean there's still a huge debate of whether sex addiction is a real thing or not right huge debate so ridiculous in my mind but there's still a debate there and um and it's it's important and I'm grateful for all those that went before me to be able to sacrifice so that I can live and operate the way I do And so that I have the help that I so desperately needed in order to to be in recovery. I wouldn't have I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have the life that I have if it was not for all those that went before me. And I'm grateful for those today and I honor all of those people today. So, your challenge, should you choose to accept it, is to look at your next price for freedom and maybe write it down. What is the next level for me? What is the next price for me that I need to pay? And start to work on becoming willing to pay that price. I I know I can't promise you anything. I mean, I hate people that say it'll be worth it, right? It'll be worth it. It'll be worth that price. Because there are sometimes when I tell myself like it was not worth it. <laughs> But most of the time, I do tell myself it was worth it. And as I look at my life now and where I'm at, the further distance I get from those events, the more I understand how worth it it was to pay that price. But there are still days when I am sad and there are still days when I grieve some of those costs and those relationships and some of those things that I sacrificed in order to get where I am. And I can still be sad about that and still be really grateful for where I am at and for what's going on in my life. Again, I hope you find that helpful today. Um, And I challenge you to really think about that and to really work on becoming willing to pay those prices and those costs as they come up because they will continue to come up. I want you to know that no matter where you're at today, no matter how far you think you've gone, No matter how chained up you might feel um, and unfree and captured you might feel by the behaviors and the relationships and the things going on in your life, 
I want you to know that no matter what that is, that you are worth recovery, 100% worth it. If you don't believe that, you can just rely on me because it's true. I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.